Welcome to the Agile Confessional, a podcast that shares fun confessions from people who've spent a large part of their career working in the Agile world. Hear the mistakes they've made along the way so you can avoid falling into the same traps in the future. I'm your host, Giles Lindsay, CEO of Agile Delta Consulting. I'm the coach who absolves my guests of the sins made in the Agile world. It's time to listen in on the latest installment. Welcome everybody to episode two of the Agile Confessional. Today's guest is Alistair Corey. Hi Alistair. Hello Giles, thank you for having me. I'm a bit nervous, I must confess. Brilliant. Alistair has achieved a unique sweet spot for Agile leadership by combining a deep knowledge of three key areas. He is one, an Agile professional, two, a chartered accountant, and three, an accomplished practitioner of emotionally intelligent leadership, neuroscience of problem solving, and the psychology of human motivation. Thank you, Alistair, for coming today. Thank you for having me, Giles. Alistair, shall we begin? Yes, indeed. Forgive me, coach, for I have sinned. What Agile sins would you like to confess? The Agile sin I would like to confess is that I have been a command and control kind of leader rather than an emotionally intelligent, enabling servant leader. Fantastic. Please do tell me more. Yes, I think this goes back a while, but I had the privilege and the honor of being in a leadership position. And as with so many of us, when we are first given those roles and we don't really know or understand enough, we revert to type. By type, I mean we copy what has been modeled for us from other leaders. And I fell hook, line and sinker into command and control. And I feel very well, actually embarrassed by it, if I'm truly honest, because in my heart and my head, I honestly wanted the best for the people and the best for the team that I was with. But somehow my brain was telling me that the way to do this was to basically, well, almost bully people into doing what I thought was best. And it was frankly horrible. It was absolutely a miserable time for me and even more miserable time for them. But what was great was I learned my lesson because rather than then tell me what an idiot I was, they just left the team and left me basically a leader without any followers, which was quite a unique position to be in. <laughs> yes. Wow. That feels good to say that out loud. And I would like to say sorry to everybody who I treated that way. If you happen to be listening to this, I honestly, truly repent. <laughs> and what did you learn from this? I was very fortunate. I had access to some great reading material and access to some coaches and mentors who were very kind in the way they helped me to come to my own realizations that a better way was possible. And they also gave me the space to experiment those new ways and to realize that don't tell people what to do. Inspire them, give them a vision, create an environment where they feel safe and happy and excited about working and let them find the solutions to what you're trying to accomplish and let them work on those and let them own it. Dan Pink talks about autonomy, mastery and purpose which is what drives people. And I think as a leader, that's what we need to do is create the environment where our teams have autonomy, mastery, and purpose. To answer your question, what I then found was that that worked and that people wanted to do more and then people couldn't do enough. 
And then all of a sudden people were doing things that I didn't even expect of them. And it was out of control in a good way that people just loved it. And the projects flew and the products flew and everything all in a good way. It was just amazing. And having experienced that, and I think this is the key is having experienced that physically, emotionally, and intellectually, you just never want to go back, which is why I feel like I'm probably a bit like an ex-smoker in that I'm, I sort of, I'm constantly gritting my teeth when I hear people using command and control type language, knowing so well that everything would be so much better if they didn't do that and they used emotionally intelligent enabling servant leadership type language. Oh, wow, Giles, this feels good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what advice would you give to others now in their career? That's interesting. That's an interesting one because, again, if um, <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting catch twenty two. Because having got to the point where you know that you're not trying to tell people what to do, the last thing you want to do is <laughs> tell people what to do. But in terms of advice, I think if you have a sense that there's a, probably a better way and that there must be a better way, and if there are any examples of people that you have seen who are achieving results in a strong leadership role, where the teams they talk about, you know, as a leader, you either want to be loved or hated or some such nonsense like this. And I think actually loved and respected is really what it's about. Feared or hated, that was the other one. Sorry. Yeah, feared or hated. And it's just like, no, that doesn't work because you only then have the brains of those people whilst they're within your presence. As soon as they're beyond your presence, beyond your physical ability to influence them, they will just go and do something else. So if you've noticed that there is a better way, then just start on that process. Um, read this and great material, both in book form and in video form, on what it means to be an enabling servant leader, what it means to be emotionally intelligent in your leadership. I think find some examples of real humans that you know and that you trust who, and, and ask them to help you, ask them to guide you with that. If you came to me, I think probably the first thing I would do is I would ask you to read a book by a guy called David Marquet, Turn the Ship Around. I think that to me is a beautiful concentration of everything that we're trying to do. A real life example under very, very tough conditions of this form of leadership. Um, that would be probably my starting point if I may do that. Do some reading, get some videos out, um, find somebody you can talk to, um, and then start practicing. Just see what happens when you actually treat people in a different way. It's amazing. The results are just fantastic. Fantastic. Alistair, thank you very much for coming today. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to unburden myself, Charles. This is, this is very cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> it is very, ah, oh, it does feel good. Although, no, you've changed and you know you're not doing that anymore. It just feels good to be able to go, you know what, I know I did. And hey, boy, everybody, I did that and I admit it. And I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Brilliant. Well, Alistair, are you ready for your absolution? And oh, penance? please, yes. Alistair, I absolve you of your sins. And your penance is going to be, obviously, reciting the Agile Manifesto three times for the next four days. Three times for the next four days. Okay, excellent. Alistair, Human thank you very much indeed for coming today. Thank you so much, Giles. It's been amazing. Mm -hmm.